You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Tony Meyer. For more information on other LifePoint Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. Good morning, everybody. Uh, before we get started, oh, my name is Tony. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. Um, before we get started, I just want to highlight a couple of things. Um, Yesterday, how many of you were at Family Fun Fest? Yeah, a lot of you. We just had an amazing, amazing day. We want to celebrate that for a few moments. We had over 800 people come through. And um, you know what I love about this uh, event? We're not really an events-driven church, but what I love about this is that we just get an opportunity to love our community and love our city and not expect anything in return and just, just serve them and say, we love you. Just come and have fun with your family. And uh, it was amazing. We saw a lot of unchurched people here. We saw a lot of uh, families we've never seen before, families from our neighborhood um, that we have close community with. And so, man, just an awesome, awesome day. Man, thank you if you served. I want to take a moment and just honor Nicole Gilson, soon-to-be Barnes, our um, children's director. She's downstairs. She can't hear us, but she'll probably hear it on the podcast later. I just want to take a second and honor her. For nine months, she's been planning Family Fun Fest. And I know it takes uh, all of us to make it happen, but she has just been um, in prayer. She's been planning. She's been making things happen, and she is a go-getter. She gets down to business and gets things done. So can we just honor her right now? Yeah. And if you'd do me a favor, if you see her today or this coming week, would you just uh, bless her, encourage her, give her money, whatever you want to do this week, just to to really bless her, because she's really gone gone above and beyond what we thought this could be. Uh, This this week has been a very interesting week, um, and uh, it it took some turns that we weren't planning on um, our our worship director, Paige McGovern, um, she became very ill this week. She's eight months pregnant, and she was, you know, just became very, very sick, thought it was just a little cold, but now here we are on day seven, and it's um, still, she's still very sick. So I want to take a few moments right now, if we would, and just pray for her. Um, we've just, as a church, if you're new here, we've just seen God healing people like crazy around here. And so as our faith has been lifted, we just believe God um, would heal her. So she's not here this morning, um, but she's at home. And so we'll just take a, let's just take the next few moments. Let's just pray for her. God, we just lift up Paige to you now. God, we thank you for healing and wholeness made uh, possible through the cross, the finished work of the cross. And so now we ask, Holy Spirit, you would just go fill the room where she sits. God, as she lays in her her bed or lays on the couch or wherever she is, God, I pray she'd feel your tangible presence right now. And I pray that you would touch her body from the top of her head all the way down to her her toes in Jesus' name. All sickness would leave, fever would leave, weakness would be replaced with strength. I pray all symptoms of the sickness would leave in Jesus' name. We pray protection and strength and health over that precious baby that's inside of her right now in Jesus' name. We pray that this would end today, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you uh, may or may not know, over the last several weeks, we've been in a series entitled Blind Spots. And really, the heart of this series has been, God, search me and know me See if there's any wicked way in me. See if there's anything unpleasing in my heart or in my life. And roust it out. Replace it with more of you. 
so that we can be used to the fullest for the short time that we have on this planet. That's really been the prayer. And this week is the last um, week of this, this series. And, you know, when Pastor Drew and I, we, we talk and we pray about the, the different series that we do, there's a lot of intention that goes into it. There's a lot of, um, we're very deliberate about it. We're very prayerful about it. And uh, we ask that in our planning and our preparation, the Holy Spirit would lead us. And how many of you believe that Holy Spirit leads us in the planning and the preparation? He absolutely 100% does. And so we follow his leading and we say, God, this is what we feel like you're doing. And if you want us to do something different, we ask that you interrupt our plan. And that's kind of what happened this week. We leave the door open for him. And sometimes, and there's oftentimes where God leads us in the moment as well. And um, this week, man, I, I, I'm going to just try not to stand up here and bawl in front of you. Um, this week, God just is really just convicting my heart. I was praying all week, and I'm like, God, what do you want to say to our people this week? And we felt one direction, and all of a sudden, just no traction. I'm like, God, do you want to do something else? And it was an emphatic yes in my heart, yes. And we said, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And God reminded me of this picture that I saw this week. And we can, uh, you can actually throw that picture up on the screen. Uh, this was in a, in a newspaper in Iran. And this is a man who's receiving 80 lashes for taking communion. And all the while he's being whipped, he's shouting out, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. And this picture is just, man, I haven't been able to get it out of my head this Pastor Drew and I have talked about. It. I'm just weeping in his office. To, and I just, I, to be honest with you, God, it's just been really convicting my heart. You know, there's so often in this Western church that we, um, we split hairs over theological differences. We see how close to the line we can get without crossing it into sin. We major on the minors and we minor on the majors. When this is a gospel that has a radical call of obedience. It's a radical call of surrender. Surrendering all of our life. And as I was walking and praying in my office this week, I looked up at the wall. And there hanging on the wall is one of the verses that governs my life. And it's 1 John 3.16 that says, For this is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And so we ought to lay down our lives for our friends. But this is a gospel that calls for everything. That we no longer can sit on the fence. But God is calling us to more. And I don't want you to misunderstand me this morning. This isn't one of those, these messages that's like, eat your vegetables because there's kids in Africa who don't get to eat. But I believe it's a call that God is giving us the opportunity to say, I want to use your life. I want to use you for something. Let's lay aside all these things that hinder. And this is a gospel that calls us to something more than just Sunday churchianity. But it's a gospel of complete surrender. And as I was praying this week, God reminded me of a story of a, a young man we had the privilege of meeting a number of years ago when we were in uh, Trinidad. We were in the hospitals. We were praying there. And there was a group of our students that went and, and met this man named Johnny and they walked into the room, and Johnny was full of such joy, but Johnny had just lost many of his limbs in a terrible accident. 
And he began to tell them his story. And Johnny said, I've been a Muslim my entire life. And I was on the way to the mosque to pray in a maxi taxi, which is like a little, little bus. And a truck crossed over the center line and, and it hit our maxi taxi and everyone on board died except for me. And he said, as I lay on the street bleeding out, he said, I've been a Muslim my whole life. The only thought that came into my mind was a few years ago, some, some Christians came to my door and told me about Jesus. And so he said, I cried out with my, my last bit of strength. I cried out. I said, Jesus, if you save me, if you're real, if you'll save me, I'll live for you forever. And he said, then I woke up in the hospital. And I was surrounded by all of my family. And they crowded around me and they said, Johnny, praise Allah, praise Allah, he has saved you, Allah has spared your life. And Johnny looked at his family and he said, no, Allah did not save my life, Allah can't even save himself. I called out to Jesus and Jesus saved me and I'm gonna live for him forever. And that day his family walked out that door and never came back. Here's a man who one day had the world at his fingertips, and now all of a sudden has nothing, or so it seems. A, cu a couple days later, some Christians came in and gave him a Bible. And while our students were there, they, he took out this Bible. It's still in the box, and he took it out very carefully and showed them all the pages. It's, they're so crisp. And he was so overjoyed with the joy of the Lord that he had this new life in Jesus, that it didn't matter if he was missing limbs, it didn't matter if his family walked out on him, it didn't matter if he had lost everything, he was gonna follow Jesus, he was gonna serve Jesus. And I think, man, in my life, I, as I've been praying this week, I'm like, God, forgive me of my laziness. God, forgive me of my complacency. Compla God, forgive me of my unbelief. There's a scripture in Hebrews Chapter 12, it's a very common scripture, but it says, therefore also, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, we throw off anything that hinders and any sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He paints this picture of throwing off anything that hinders. Throwing off anything that hinders. It means that we hold on to things. And there's certain things that's not even necessarily in the sin category. We like to categorize things. Well, this isn't a sin. This is, it's legal in the sight of the U.S. government. Whatever it is, we, we hold on to these things. But they're hindering us from running. They're hindering us from hearing God's voice clearly. They're hindering us from seeing the people around us. They're keeping us focused on ourselves. And the author of Hebrews is saying, throw it off. And also throw off any sin. Any pet sin in our life. And some of us in this place, maybe that's alcohol. Maybe that's the news. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's friends. Nothing, none of these things are explicitly a sin. But sometimes these things cause noise 
And they keep us from hearing God clearly and from God being used by him to the fullest. I believe that there's times where God is like, I want to give you something more, but we're holding on to these things and we can't, we can't receive it. So we let go. We throw, throw off those things and then we say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. In a moment, Pastor Drew's going to come up and he's going to kind of lead us through a time of ministry and prayer together. I apologize if you're new here today. This is not what we normally do. Uh, I don't apologize for what we're going to do, but um, that's what usually happens when you're new somewhere. You come in and, some, and it's not like it's usually. So I don't apologize for what we're going to do this morning, but I want to share one more story that I, I read a few years ago. You know that God is moving on this earth. God is moving on this earth. The question is not, is he moving, but it's, are we moving with him? And that picture that we saw in Iran uh, just a couple years ago, there was only a thought to be a million Christians in Iran as a population of 82 million. In the last couple of years, revival has been breaking out in Iran, and there's 8.2 million Christians now in Iran. Missionaries are saying, we don't have enough swimming pools. We can't find enough swimming pools to baptize all the people that are getting their, giving their lives to Jesus. There's this mass turning, and China is the biggest church in the world, underground church. People smuggle Bibles into China, and the church there will actually rip pages, they'll rip the pages out of the Bible, and they'll memorize it, and then pass it on to somebody else. They're memorizing entire pages of Scripture. God, help us. All over this earth, God is moving. The question is, are we moving with him? Are we saying, God, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to lay down my life for my friends. I'm going to lay down my the feeling inconvenienced or feeling uncomfortable for my friends, for the people that you've placed in my sphere of influence. I read this story in, the, in this publishing called The Voice of the Martyrs, and it's about this man named Abraham, and this is in, in Iraq at the height of ISIS power. And the title of this article was called ISIS Assassin Comes to Jesus, a refugee camp. And it goes that there's this young man, Abraham, who's a believer, and he's in a, a refugee camp in, in Iraq. And one day he's praying, and the Lord speaks to him, and he says, Abraham, you were gonna, I'm going to anoint you as an evangelist, and, you, and millions of, of Muslims are going to come to know Jesus because of your life. And so he said, yes, Lord, yes, simply yes. And he left, that, he left that refugee camp, and he went out, and many Muslims, many, 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 many Muslims started coming to know Jesus because of his life and his obedience. So many that um, the fighters in ISIS found out about it and put a hit out on his life. And so what happens in that situation, what normally happens with us when we, 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 we face adversity is the fear starts to come. And we have people in our life trying to give us good advice. But it's really stirring up fear. And they said to him, all of these people in his life, Abraham, you've got to stop. You have to stop. You have to stop telling people about Jesus. You've got to stop talking about Jesus. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill your family. It's probably already too late, so you just need to get out of here. You need to go into hiding. And so he began to wrestle with this fear. One day he was working outside and he was cutting some wood with, a, with a, an electric saw. And the saw blade came off of 
the saw and flung up and, and cut, cut him in the mouth. And he's there holding, holding his mouth and is bleeding a couple inches higher and it would have blinded him, a couple inches lower and it would have, would have cut his throat. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I am in control of when your life ends. Do not be afraid. Three days later, there's a man named Fadi who had been sent by ISIS all the way from Syria to kill Abraham. And he shows up in Abraham's uh, uh, village and he, he's dressed in black. He's got the black mask on. He's carrying a big knife. He goes to, to Abraham's street and he starts running down the street screaming. Abraham hears Fadi coming. He opens the door. While Fadi is running at him with a knife, he starts prophesying to this assassin and he says, you are driven by the prince of demons and Jesus is going to set you free. And right then, Fadi stops and he falls to the ground shaking. Uncontrollably, he's weeping. The, the knife falls out of his hand. Abraham walks up to Fadi and he says, why have you come? What do you want? Fadi looks up at Abraham and says, I want to know salvation. I want to know salvation. And right there in the middle of the street in front of everybody, Abraham leads Fadi to Jesus. He's baptized in the Holy Spirit. He starts prophesying. He's baptized in his church a couple weeks later. Come on. I just, I believe that God is wanting to do something new in us. God wants to move in our city. And honestly, our excuses, my excuses are so pitiful sometimes. God, I really don't feel like it. I've had a long day. I don't want to talk to my person, talk to my friends. I don't want to befriend the person next to me at work. I don't want to pray for that person. When God is looking, his eyes are moving to and fro throughout the earth, looking to strengthen a heart that's only his. And man, Pastor Drew's going to come up. He's going to lead us through a time of prayer together. So we, we felt like it was fitting as God was stirring us this week that we would finish this seven-week series, not just with more teaching, because that wasn't really the heart of the series. It wasn't just for us to understand something intellectually more. It was for us to respond to this preparatory call that God is putting upon our church and upon us as individuals, to prepare ourselves for how he wants to use us. And I strongly believe, it's been burning in my heart, that God wants to use your life. He wants to use you in the context that God places you. He wants to use your life. And in the ways that Tony just, just articulated, he wants to use you. You're not supposed to be on the sidelines. You're not supposed to be a spectator. He wants you to be light, wants you to be a city on a hill. And the, the basis of this entire series has been, if I can find it here, Matthew chapter 7. It says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. It's been that call to see clearly before we go and help our neighbor to be able to even understand how to, how to help them move forward in Christ and move towards Jesus. We first need to start with our own hearts. We need to first have a posture of revival start here. God, allow me to, allow my life to be laid bare before your word, before your Holy Spirit. I trust you, Father. Show me if there's any wicked way in me, anything hindering me, or anything holding me back from seeing it clearly. And that can be an uncomfortable 
an uncomfortable prayer. I get it. I think we all get, get a little resistant to opening ourselves up to the Lord. And, I'm, and we're not talking about perpetual introspection. We're talking about a, a posture of relationship with a loving Father, with, a, with Holy Spirit, who's comforter and, and comforter, a comforter and counselor that leads you into all truth, who convicts us of sin so we can walk in greater righteousness. That's, that's what relationship with God is like. I was reminded in that light of when I was 20 years old, I finally qualified to get LASIK surgery. Has anybody in this place had LASIK surgery? Yeah, a few, yes. Ben, way to go, yes. Some of you were brave enough to go under the knife. So I, I found out I was qualified to have LASIK surgery. I was like, sign me up, how do, I, how do I start? I was so tired of context, so tired of dealing with glasses. I was like, yes, how much does it cost? Okay, I'll go come up with this money somehow, sign me up. So I was there and there I was, they cut the flaps, of, I mean, they, they cut these flaps on my eyeballs and it's, it's a nerve wracking thing, surrendering your, your sight to this doctor, this surgeon, and you're awake. They don't put you under, you're awake. They cut these flaps in your eyes and what happened was there as I was under the laser, they're about to burn my cornea. The doctor says an expletive and says, oh no, we're gonna have to wheel you into the other room. The laser had malfunctioned. It's like the worst nightmare as you're surrendering your eyesight to the surgeon. They wheel me over, still flaps cut in my eyes. They wheel me over to this other waiting room and I'm just kind of sitting there in the dark for 30 minutes or so. Eventually they, they come and get me and bring me back over to the, the operating room. And it's there, the laser finally is working correctly and they burn away the cornea to correct my nearsightedness. And I, I wanna tell you, it was excruciating pain for 24 to 36 hours, it's horrible. But eventually, as I could take off the bandages, eventually my eyes stopped watering constantly and I could look around, it was 2020, still to this day, 2020. And I'll tell you, it was worth it. <laughs> every moment of pain, every penny that I paid, it was all worth it. And God is calling upon your life, he's, he's calling you to be able to see more clearly. But so often we have these hindrances, these blind spots, these things that allow us to be nearsighted, self-focused, self-absorbed. And you have a perfect physician. His name is Jesus. If you surrender your life to him, if you, if you begin to walk in this posture of complete heart surrender to him, say, God, I wanna see clearly. I trust you. I trust you with my life. Remove these things that are allowing me to see others inaccurately. He wants to use your life. And so to, to wrap up this morning and this entire series, we felt like it'd be fitting for us to truly respond to the Lord and give time to that. So if everyone would stand to their feet, I'm gonna lead us in a time of, of, of three responses specifically. I don't really feel like we can move on before we first give an opportunity for anybody in this place to just get their lives right with God, to surrender their life to Jesus. If you're here in this place and you don't have a relationship with God, maybe at some point you did, but you know, you walked in here this morning, you're, you're just like, Drew, I need to get my life right with God. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because I'm gonna embarrass you or call you out. Because I'm just, I wanna know who I'm praying for and I wanna lead you in a prayer of salvation, of starting things right with God, of starting a new life Christ. He wants to make you a new creation. So if, if, you, if that's you in this place and you say, yeah, Drew, I want to start a relationship with God, I want to make things right with God, would you just raise your hand? Awesome, awesome. 
there anybody else? Awesome, yes. Awesome. Several hands across this place. If you raised your hand, or even if you didn't, you can make things right with God in your own, in your own heart right now. You can pray a prayer like this, Lord, right now I, I end this reliance on myself. I end this striving to clean up my life and to heal my own wounds and to put my broken life back into some sem- semblance of, of order. Lord, I just, I repent of that. I stop it. And I, now I fall before you as my creator, as my savior. And I say, you are my sufficiency. Lord Jesus, I surrender all that I am, the one that's worthy of my life. I place my faith in you the Savior, as Lord, as Master. No turning back. I want to follow you from this day forward. Let's give those that prayed that prayer a huge hand. It's a big deal. You're part of the kingdom. You become a follower of Jesus. That's, just, that's not just a, a flippant decision you make on a Sunday morning. No, it's a complete change of trajectory of your life new life now, new creation, a new start. Now it's like you're being born again. That's how Jesus described it in John 3 to Nicodemus. It's like you're being born again. You're starting back over infancy before Jesus Christ. Praise God for a new start. Secondly, I want to lead us in a time of repentance. In this series, we gave this definition of repentance, biblical definition of repentance as a reorientation of our future based on a to God's holiness and his grace. So you have an encounter with God's holiness, with his grace, with his perfection, but also his radical love. And it calls for then a reorientation of our future. We can't just keep, continue living the way we were. And so this series has been a real grace to us. It's been God's mercy to give us a glimpse of what he's calling us to. I'm so thankful for the word that was burning on Pastor Tony's heart this morning. That gives us a chance to reorient our future based on this, what we've just received from God. So if everyone would close their eyes, bow, bow their heads across this place, I believe God wants to just give you an opportunity. It's his grace and his mercy. He wants to give you an opportunity to respond to him right now. Maybe there's gray areas that are just hindering you and holding you back. Maybe there's apathy. Maybe there's laziness. Maybe there's materialism. Maybe there's greed. Maybe there is outright sins that God is calling out. He's saying, I've created you for something different than that. You're my son, you're my daughter. It's the heart of a father to want to see his kids thrive and do well, to experience a right life. Just give right now, give God an opportunity. place our hearts before the the perfect heart surgeon, before the great physician. We say, God, have your way. We've got one life to live. You've put breath in our lungs, and we want to make it count. We want to burn brightly for the things that your heart burns for. We want to shine brightly in this city that desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to burn out for you, God. 
So right now we reorient our future in response to your holiness and your grace. You're so patient. You're so gracious. You're so merciful. We thank you for that right now. We say, God, we're turning from these things. Our new normal is not Western culture. Our new normal is not what we see on Netflix and see on 24-7 media. Lord, it's not. Our Our new normal is the kingdom of God. And we're reorienting our future based on what you've revealed to us. So God, we repent. We say that, God, we repent. We turn. God, I I turn from apathy. I turn from laziness. I I turn from sloppy Christianity. God, I turn from any stumbling block that that I've put before my neighbors. Any false representation of the gospel. I repent. So in response to that, I just want to invite everyone forward to this front place. We have a relationship with Jesus. We're going to respond to God together as a family up here. This is a personal response. It's also a corporate response. And in light of that, as you come, I want to remind you of a prophetic word that was spoken over us seven weeks ago at the very outset of this series. An individual during worship shared this word about how they felt like God was calling our church to be like a hospital, a house of healing. But first, God needed to make some things right. It was so in line with this series of, just a series of of preparation. That God wants to mend our hearts. He wants to heal us. He wants to set us free. He wants to allow us to set aside these, these hindrances and these obstacles to really be set on fire for the things that are on his heart. And so this, this morning, we wanted to give space for individual response and corporate response. And so I think it's important for us to spend some time together here at the, at the altars. So I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'm gonna ask Tony just to lead us in one song. Lord, right now, as a church family, as a church community, we come to these altar spaces as an act of surrender as an act of something out of the norm. We don't do this out of tradition. We don't do this because it's part of the the normal Sunday schedule. We do it in response to your mercy and your grace upon our lives. We do it as an act of worship to say, God, have your way. Prepare us. Move in our hearts. God, revival start here. God, allow us to see clearly pray it in your name. Tony's going to lead us in a song. Let's just seek the
to lead us in, in prayer for. One is, uh, this is this is all about preparation, activation, because God wants to use your life. And uh, I've just had a steady stream of individuals from our church that are, you know, 60 plus. They're seasoned saints that have things burning in their hearts, dreams that God is stirring in them. And I feel like God's doing something amongst all the generations of our church. And I feel like it'd be easy for some to think, you know, because we, we talk a lot about the younger generation and we talk a lot about the next generation because it's all our tendency, tendency to become self-absorbed and to forget about those who are coming up behind us. So we have to make it a point to talk about the next generation and the younger ones so we set, up, set them up for success is for them to su- surpass us. But I want us to take a moment to do something I don't know that we've done or we're gonna pray for those that are 60 plus in this place because I think there's dreams in their hearts that God wants to let loose. So if you're here in this place and you'd be bold enough to say, I'm 60 plus, <laughs> we won't check your ID or anything, but you see all these hands across. These are individuals God wants to use. He's not done with you. God's got things that he wants to burn in your heart that he wants to use you for. Fresh dreams and purposes and fresh identity and a sense of passion and energy. So would you turn to those that had their hands raised? Come on, raise up your hands. Would you gather around them? God's gonna put callings on their lives. Some are gonna be called the missions. Some are gonna have very specific callings in their neighborhoods. Some are gonna be, become, there's gonna be a fresh wave of mentoring in this church. disqualified in this place there's some 90 year olds and God's not done with you if you got breath in your lungs God wants to use your life he's going to stir up the gifts he's going to use your life he's stirring up an authority upon your life an anointing upon your life we're believing for it spiritual grandparents, spiritual parents being raised up, intercessors, evangelists, prophets. We're believing for that, Jesus. Stir it up. I know it's, it's stretching, but be bold. If God puts something on your heart, share that with those individuals. Just begin to prophesy over them, encourage them. God wants to use your life. Maybe you don't feel like you have the energy for it. God wants to reinvigorate your life with fresh energy. He wants to wake you up in the night not just to go to the bathroom, but he wants to wake you up in the night to give you a fresh purpose and a dream on your heart. Hallelujah. 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 Awesome. Give somebody a high five and a hug. This is the last two things I want us to pray for. You are loved. All generations are loved in the kingdom of God. Hey, if there's anybody in this place that needs a healing in their body, would you raise your hand? Back pain, epileptic seizures, 
yeah, depression, whatever it is, just raise your hand. MS, I know a lot of your ailments. We're gonna pray for breakthrough in your life this morning because those are things that hold you back. It's not because of necessarily because of sin issues in your life. I'm not saying that. The things that hold you back from really being able to be used by God and it's his, it's his desire, it's his will for his children to be made well. So if, if that's you, if you need a healing in your, in your life, yeah, raise your hand in this place. Just received a report last week, someone healed of hepatitis. They reached out to us for prayer. It was gonna hinder their international trip. God healed them of hepatitis. So anybody that needs healing, just raise your hand until there's a few people gathered around you for, for prayer, for healing. Yes, God, heal Missy's femur right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, heal digestive issues, heal migraines, heal arthritic issues and backs and knees and wrists. Heal hormonal imbalances, God. Heal people of sleepless nights. Heal people of depression, anxiety. Seizures be gone in the name of Jesus. Bipolar be gone. No authority over your life anymore. Those voices have to stop in the name of Jesus. We just claim that over every single person in this place. Knee pain be gone in the name of Jesus. tumor that came back. God, right now, we just believe for healing. We command that over his brain. The tumor be gone. All cancer dry up and be gone in the name of Jesus. Claim that over his life. Right now, Lord, be gone in the name of Jesus. That cancer, that tumor has no authority over him. experience healing in their bodies, please come let us know so we can testify of what God's done. God is so good. This is the last prayer I, wanna, I want us to do. I just want us to lift our hands across this place and pray one, pray one last prayer of activation and surrender to God. He wants to use your life. So Lord, we thank you for this season of refreshing and healing. The season where you're mending our hearts, where you're tenderly, as you do Holy Spirit, you tenderly correct and you lead us towards righteousness and holiness, the way you intended us to live. Thank you for your mercy and your grace upon us. God, I pray you give us eyes to see clearly how to help those around us encounter Christ. Father, that we'd be bold, we'd be empowered, we'd feel anointed by your Holy Spirit to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Lord, we'd be like our friend Abraham, as Tony testified. God, and we'd be bold. We have no excuses in the Western church, zero excuses. So we surrender all those excuses. We just ask for a, a supernatural boldness to fall upon us as a church, to be light in the darkness, to 
to speak boldly of the love of Jesus and what you've done in our lives. We have so much to testify about. Let it be readily on our lips. In your name, Jesus. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.